All right, so Matt, why did the banker have to change careers? Hmm. Uh, I don't know why the banker had to change careers. Because she lost interest. <laughs> uh, that, that that was a solid C right there. Yeah, that was all right. That wasn't it wasn't the best. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Good, good. It's good to be back in the graveyard again. Always, always. Um, so before we get into it real quick, I want to say go check out Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. You can find different ways and tips and tricks, uh, or as I always feel like I'm about to say, you can find different ticks on recording your own podcast because <laughs> you put trick and tip together, it becomes tick. Um, Or you can find other shows to listen to if you're all caught up with Graveyard Tales and you want to listen to something else. Go check out podbelly.com. Also want to thank tonight's sponsor, Acorn TV and Magic Spoon. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about them later. They're a new sponsor to Graveyard Tales, so we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Um, And also wanted to tell you guys, if y'all did not know, we put our episodes every week onto YouTube. Now, it's not the video. The video goes out just for the patrons, but we put the audio with some logos and stuff on YouTube. So if you are somewhere and YouTube is the easiest, if you want to pop it on the TV and listen to us out of your home stereo system so that our loud, booming voices can come through your TV, um, then you can do that. Uh, but if you haven't, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, Just search Graveyard Tales on there and you should be able to find us. You'll see our logo. Um, But go do that and subscribe and, um, you know, you can listen on there or it it makes it easier to share because it's a lot easier to share a YouTube link right now than it is to share a link to a podcast for the most part. So go do that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you guys don't mind. All right, Matt, so let's take a quick second and let's talk about a new sponsor of Graveyard Tales, and that's Magic Spoon. Now, what is Magic Spoon, you ask? Well, Magic Spoon is a cereal company, and if you know me, you know that I'm a cereal fanatic. I love my cereal. And, you know, growing up, the sugary cereals were relegated to Grandma's house. You had to go over to Grandma's house to get your fruity cereals and your chocolatey cereals, and, uh, you know, you go home, And your parents want you to eat a little healthier than that. Grandma, she's like, ah, load them full of sugar and send you back home, you know? (laughs) Kids, grandparents do it to him too. So I'm, I guess, reaping the benefits of that. But whatever. Uh, You know, as as you grow up, you need to think about your health a little more. I'm I'm an adult. I can buy all the sugary cereals I want to. But then your body kind of tells you, you know what? You, you, you're over 30 now and, and you can't be doing that kind of stuff. So 
you've got to kind of watch what you eat and you know you still have these cravings for sugary cereals i mean matt what what are your breakfast routines now mine changes you know day to day but cereal has always been a staple for me right and and of course it's always been my midnight snack oh yeah yeah you know a, a late night bowl of cereal is one of my favorite things go down and so, get some cereal and come up and try not to wake up the wife while you're crunching cereal in bed exactly <laughs> but you know if you're gonna eat a midnight snack you you don't necessarily want to eat a big bowl of sugar right right so magic spoon helps with that craving that i have for a late night bowl of cereal sure but it has zero sugar 11 grams of protein and only three net grams of carbs in each serving that's wild they've got cocoa fruity frosted and more and and it really tastes amazing it's keto friendly now that is important because you and i both did keto and i would have killed for a bowl of cereal when i was doing keto i know even the healthy cereals out on the market are not necessarily keto friendly because they're full of grains mm-hmm. and they're full of carbs. Right. But with Magic Spoon, it's keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb, and GMO free. My favorite Magic Spoon flavor, it's really a toss up. I, I, I like the cocoa, but I also like the cinnamon. Yeah, I'm a cocoa and a fruity myself. I those are good. Now, and and my son really he digs the frosted ones. So, um, you know, I guarantee you there's a flavor of Magic Spoon that is perfect for you. So, the new year everyone's trying to eat a little bit healthier. You know, so if it's that morning breakfast routine that you want to cut out that extra sugar, or if it's that late night snack like me and you're thinking man, I don't need to eat all this sugar. Magic Spoon is the answer. So you can go to magicspoon.com slash grave, that's G-R-A-V-E, and you can get a variety pack and try it today. Now be sure to use our promo code grave at checkout to save $5 off your order. That's right. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund you the money, no questions asked. But you're going to like it. So use our promo code. Go to magicspoon.com slash grave, that's G-R-A-V-E, and use our code grave to save $5 at checkout. Um, but why don't you tell us, Matt, what are we talking about tonight, brother? Okay, so tonight we're, we're looking at another haunted location. And I, I was really surprised when we started digging into this of the, the total amount of spirits that have been reported at this particular place. It's nuts, isn't it? I mean, it just seems like it. Oh, this. Oh no, here's another. Oh, uh, and and it just just kept going and going and going. And I, I I told Adam early on. I said, "Man, I'm already up to like 
10 named spirits and Lord knows how many more said, this is crazy. That's rare. That's yeah. very rare. Even for some of the most haunted locations that we've looked into, that's rare. Yeah, it's very rare. And I know now you're like, okay, dummies, tell us where the hell we're talking about. <laughs> we are talking about the Old Park Hotel in Ballinger, Texas. That's right. And y- y'all might have heard the the name Ballinger before, because um, that's my last name. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So this is this is Adams Town. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> I'm gonna move there one day. That's right. Just to just to say, you know, hey, I, I run this show. Right. See if I can get mayor <laughs> just because of my last name. Uh, my granddad actually, uh, before he passed, he uh, was making a trip uh up north and he's like i just have to stop in ballinger texas just to see what it's all about because it was a little bit out of his way but you know you'd still hit it on your way up to illinois and uh so he he stopped by and and it's a small town we'll get into the history of that in a second but small town and he went in some store there uh like a convenience store type thing and you know one of those that Yes, they've got like Texas memorabilia and all that stuff. You know, yeah. if you drive through Texas, you'll know what I'm talking about because all yeah. gas stations with a front lobby sell Texas something. You know, yeah. Don't don't mess with Texas ashtrays. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> a Texas shaped pencil or Park something. Your butt you know, in Texas. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so he he picked out some things and he went up to the uh, counter and he asked the guy. He goes. Um, you know, do I get a discount since my last name is Ballinger? And he goes, there's no freaking way your last name is Ballinger. A little more colorful than I just said it, but, you know, <laughs> PG-13 show. Um, and he goes, no, seriously. And he pulls out his driver's license and shows it to him. And the guy goes, well, I'll be damned. And he's like, I'll give you 15% off. So he got 15% off everything that he bought just because his last name was Ballinger. And I'm like, I'm moving there. Maybe I can get 15% off a house, (laughs) 15% off a car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not not familiar with a current town that's Rudolph. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there is one. Oh, probably. Uh, But, you know, there there was a, a Rudolph town in Kentucky. Um years and years and years and years ago that was actually where my ancestors settled there you go see maybe that's what happened in ballinger texas because it could be all of the ballingers um you know uh, except for one little branch have been in texas that i've known and the other little branch is obviously up in illinois but i wonder you know maybe Maybe we settled there at some point, but good possibility. We'll get into how it got its name here in a minute, but so kind of tease into the history and everything. Might as well go ahead and get into it. But as we always say, go check out our show notes all the way down at the bottom of our show notes and you can find our sources to the articles that we read from the encounters that we're referencing and, you know, further your research into what it is. So go check out the sources there. They're all there, I promise. Um, before we look into the Old Park Hotel, we obviously have to look at Ballinger, Texas. You know, just, I mean, it helps with uh, knowing the Old Park. 
but also it's Ballinger, Texas. So I've got to look at the history, right? Can't do this episode without digging into the history. But going through this, Matt and I were talking and, you know, there's not a whole lot of history on the old park. And one of the reasons that we found is the Colorado River there that runs close to it has flooded quite a few times. And at least one of them was big enough to destroy some historical documents. So the history isn't as detailed as some of the other cities that we've talked about. So, you know, we we weren't able to dig up as much stuff. I say we, but I, on my history end, wasn't able to dig up as much history stuff as Matt was able to get encounters. So have no fear. Still going to be a good episode. There's just going to be less history this time. So those of you that don't like the history, maybe this will be your favorite episode. You're in luck. Yep. <laughs> so this is from the Texas State Historical Association. And it says Ballinger is at the junction of U.S. Highway 67 and 83 uh, and State Highway 158. It's 36 miles northeast of San Angelo uh, in south central Runnels County. Now, Ballinger was established when the Gulf, the Colorado, and Santa Fe Railroads built westward out of Brownwood in 1886. Runnell City, the original county seat, campaigned for selection as the new railroad terminal, but it couldn't compete with the superior water supply offered at the future site of Ballinger, which was just five miles to the south. So, Ballingers, we like our water. I mean, I always got my water here, so we like our water. Now, this goes on to say that extensive advertising in the Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, San Antonio, and Galveston areas I said San Antonio weird, but uh, San Antonio and Galveston newspapers brought 6,000 people to the sale of town lots in Ballinger on June 29th, 1886. As early as June 7th, railroad company ads in the Dallas Morning News promoted the sale, offering half-price excursion trains from Dallas. Now, that's in 1886, right? And Mm -hmm. the Dallas Morning News is still going. Yeah, we, it's, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's crazy. But, you know, I mean, I guess one, if you get one good foothold, then there's other papers that are like that. But that's the Texas version of probably one of the longest running uh, papers here in the area. Now, the 1.7 square mile area was laid out in large lots with a courthouse square and public park set aside for future use. Roughly half of the lots sold on the first day. To ensure the success of their new terminal, Santa Fe officials offered free property to anyone who would move a home from Runnell City to Ballinger and to any church that would erect a building. So that's a good deal. I mean, if you're willing to move your home, I don't know how easy that was back then, but probably a lot easier than nowadays just picking up a home and moving it. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, you know, in 1886, trucking from San Antonio to Ballinger. I mean, nowadays it wouldn't be that big a deal, but right. But seems you're like gonna, that would be that would be uh, that would be a chore to pack up and well, and if you got to bring stuff, yeah, house included. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're gonna hitch your house to a, a covered wagon and just drag it behind you. I mean, if you're gonna do that, you deserve some free land. That's exactly right. You know. <laughs> now, the town was originally called uh, Gresham, 
and then Hutchins in honor of Santa Fe stockholder Walter Gresham and John H. Hutchins. It was officially named in honor of William Pitt Ballinger, a Galveston attorney and stockholder of the Gulf, Colorado, and Santa Fe Railroads. Um, and that's, you know, where it stopped there. It was named after William Pitt Ballinger. Now, rapid growth and opportunity brought a boomtown atmosphere, attracting a crowd of drifters, fugitives, gamblers, and ruffians to the town's nine saloons and gambling halls. And we've talked about that before in Old Towns, Matt. That, this is about the time when, you know, highway robbery, uh, you know, it was named. Yeah. That, that term came from here because you'd get, you know, robbed on the highways going in and out of these towns. And if it's a booming place, you're going to have a lot of crime and, you know, probably people getting shot and all that. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, it goes back to when I said, you know, that was a challenge to move that kind of distance. I mean, it wasn't just a challenge to get your stuff from point A to point B. It was dangerous. Yeah, it was. It was a challenge to get there alive with That's everything right. you started with. So you you really had to make a hard a hard decision to say, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. It's got to right. be. It's got to really be worth it. To, to take that kind of risk, not only with yourself, but, I mean, these people were moving families. So, you know, you're going to yep. put your whole family at risk to make a journey like this. You, your wife, your mother-in-law, and your 12 or twelve to 15 children. <laughs> Two dogs. and All heavily armed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By age nine, you're, you're packing a three fifty seven. Yeah, that's right. It's as big as your leg, but dadgummit. If you can walk with it on your belt, you got it. You got you got a nine year old. Just just lay your hand across the seven year old's head, and yep. that'll stay that'll stabilize. Exactly. It. Just lay that barrel right up on top of on top of sister's old bouffant hair there, and you got it. Boy, your your boy's got a funny part in his hair. <laughs> he didn't comb it down before we got in the gunfight. So. Powder burns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the start of the punk rock hair movement errant bullets there now this says that stagecoach robberies were not uncommon like we just talked about and it goes on to say by 1888 however the railroad extended to san angelo um, the overland stage business ended and new permanent settlers came to the land now, a post office was established in Ballinger on June 1st, 1886, with William A. Proctor as postmaster. There was a lot of Proctors back in the 1800s. That was a very common last name. Now, the town was incorporated in 1892 and began using the commission form of city government. And in 1886, I.C. Hugh moved his newspaper, the Runnels County Record, from Runnels City to Ballinger and changed its name to Ballinger Eagle. That was actually my nickname in college. They called me the Ballinger Eagle. The Ballinger Eagle. Yeah, I, I lied about that. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> what would you have to do to get that name? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm the one dummy that would jump off of the buildings in college. and I don't know. Yeah, you were that guy. Or you're the guy that comes running through the hallways, flapping his arms, screeching, "I'm an eagle!" Like that'd be a, that'd be a way to get it. You, uh, you remember Scrubs? Oh yeah. 
where uh, he gets picked up on Turk's back and they call it Eagle as he's <laughs> swinging around. That's what that made me think of. Two more newspapers quickly appeared on the scene. The Ballinger Ledger, published by P.E. Truly, and the Banner Ledger, published by C.P. Shepard. In 1911, the Ledger and the Banner Leader were consolidated as the Ballinger Daily Ledger, which published a weekly edition, the Banner Ledger. Now, in 1909, Ballinger received a $12,500 gift from Andrew Carnegie, to build a library, which opened in 1911. Yes, Carnegie from Carnegie Hall. Um, The open auditorium on the second level was converted during World War II to an Army-Navy club to entertain cadets from nearby Harmon Training Center, a primary flight school for United States Army Air Force cadets. Ballinger is the main shipping and distribution center for Runnels County. Um, The major sources of employment are light manufacturing, mining, and retail trade. Now, the number of businesses in the town reached a high of 290 businesses in 1940. It dropped to 146 immediately after World War II, climbed back to a post-war high of 210 in 1950. In 1990, the town only had 90 businesses. So it's a small town. There's not much going on there. All right, so let's look at the little bit of history that um, I was able to dig up on the Old Park Hotel. Now, the Old Park sits at 107 South 6th Street in Ballinger, Texas, and the Old Park Hotel, standing where it has since before Ballinger existed, was was originally built as a bunkhouse for railroad workers, but sold in auction in July of 1886, and at that time, it became a two-story house with different families living in it, the Seacrest family being one of them. Don't couldn't find the name of the other family. But during the 1800s, it was added on to with the additional um, addition believed to be from housing and building structures coming from the old Runnel City, uh, which is now a non-existent ghost town, uh, according to this source here. But So what it's saying is all the, the building materials that was used were supposedly from different houses and building structures from that town when it was being moved. Now, in the late 1920s, the building was further remodeled and added to, attaining the larger structure that is seen today. In the hotel's life, it has been a schoolhouse, a hotel, a brothel twice, cowboy lodging, bed and breakfast, rental to hunters, apartments, and a music and antique store. And it's still kind of a antique store now. Right. Now, this comes from the Old Parks Hotel website. And it says, The Old Park Hotel was purchased by Dan and Connie Lafave in 2016. The owners have combined 30 years' experience in the paranormal and are founders of Graveyard Shift Paranormal Investigations, founded in 2008. Dan is an author of three books in the paranormal and has been featured in many stories, newspapers, articles, and other productions. After purchasing the hotel, the owners began restoring this location for paranormal enthusiasts, history lovers, and historians to enjoy. The location includes a gift shop, museum, presentation room, kitchen, and a total of 10 remodeled rooms. The location has five bathrooms and three suites, 
with 10 rooms available to stay in, balcony access, and a courtyard for special event bookings. And you can you can stay there sometimes. Right. But other times it's completely uh, closed down and just being used for paranormal investigations. So you, if you ever want to stay there, you need to go on their website and pick a, a day that would be really good because it'll fill up quick because yep. it doesn't, doesn't allow for just overnight staying often. Yeah. And what's amazing is when you go to their website, you can actually see all the events they have planned mm-hmm. and, and it's a ton. I mean, yep. I mean, it, you, you look, I was just, I was floored. I'm looking at, it, I'm like, Oh my God, look at all these events. You know, the, this group will be here. This group will be there. And, and you can, you can purchase, you know, a, a, essentially a ticket to come in and be a part of, you know, this event. They, they do Halloween events there. Mm-hmm. Really cool. What, what I thought was, was kind of funny is we've talked about a lot of haunted hotels and when you look at these places, they just, they have that, that old, you know, sometimes Gothic or yeah. just Victorian architecture, you know, these really amazing buildings that just make you go, yeah, you know, if there was going to be a haunted hotel, this would be it. Right. When, when you look at the old park hotel, it looks like a hotel. Yeah, even pretty much. even down even down to the sign that just says hotel. <laughs> right, right. And and that's it. I mean, there from the outside, there is nothing about this place that makes it stand out. Right. But going inside, there's a lot going on that's going to make mm-hmm. it stand out. And I've got some pictures of this place that I'll put up on Patreon uh, when this episode comes out, so you can kind of look at them there if you want to. Yeah, now now visitors to the old park, they have reported seeing full-bodied apparitions, shadow apparitions, as well as hearing disembodied voices of former tenants, cowboys, brothel women. I mean, you name it. You know, every, everybody has an explanation for the voices they hear. Sure. Many people report hearing walking and loud, unexplained noises as well as being touched and grabbed. Now, sometimes people will experience this strange uh, kind of odd feeling. Mm-hmm. It, it's not really, um, it's, you know, we've, we've talked about a lot of places where people will get nauseated. They'll become sure. dizzy or lightheaded in certain parts of, uh, of, of the location. Um, this one people report is it's that weird feeling of always being watched. Yeah, and that is a really creepy feeling to have. Yeah. And now, I haven't had it often, but I know. I know, but you always kind of know. Yeah. And now if I'm doing something and Amanda is watching me for some reason, I kind of get that feeling of She's standing over here watching what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. That's not a weird, ominous feeling. You just have that sense. But if I'm alone and I get that feeling, I mean, it will creep you the hell oh, out. Oh, sure. So you can imagine that that's it's it's not that, 
oh, I feel like somebody's around here watching. No, that's when somebody's not supposed to be watching you and, and you get that feeling, especially in a place that you're already kind of confident is haunted. Yeah, that's crazy. And yeah, that's, and that seems to be the most common thing people report. That would that would be weird to be staying at a hotel in your room alone and be getting that feeling. But I remember there was a study done, and I can't remember the exact numbers, so don't hold me to them. But they did a study on seeing if people could tell when someone was staring at them, and it actually turned out that it was quite a bit more often than chance that people could say, yes, they're staring at me or no, they're not staring at me. So it's, it's a weird thing. I don't know how we have that innate ability, but it seems to be uh, quite a bit higher than chance um, percentage that we can, we can tell when someone's staring at us. Yeah. Especially like at a red light. Yeah. Sitting there. And you're just kind of minding your own business. Maybe you're singing along to the radio, and then you're like, this guy's looking at me. I know mm-hmm. he's looking at me. I can feel it. Yep. I don't want to turn. Yeah. And then oh, you I look always and turn. They, and they're staring right at you. And you're yep. like, what's wrong with you, weirdo? Yep. <laughs> if I if I get that feeling, I always turn, and I look them right in the eye. Yeah. Uh, they're just waiting to catch you picking your nose. That's yep. what it is. Most of the time, they look away pretty quick. They're like, yeah. oh, crap, oh, I was oh, caught. Oh. A one previous owner, Jeanette Finley, uh, has reportedly identified 30 entities present in the hotel. Good Lord. 30. That's insane. I'm telling you, I was like, no, 30. Yeah. That's more than Bobby Mackey's. I know. That's crazy. That this this may be the most of any singular location we've ever covered. I think but, so. But of those thirty, some are believed to be Texas outlaws from the past who used it as a boarding boarding house. Um, and it's rumored that Bonnie Parker of Bonnie and Clyde Flame, uh, Flame of Barney and Clyde yep. Flame, yep. of of Bonnie and Clyde Fame. I meant what you uh, knew. <laughs> she possibly stayed here um, way back when. Now, Bonnie was born in Rowena, Texas, which is just down the road a piece. Right. Now, Jeanette's family owned the hotel for years, but eventually had to sell it. And upon moving back to Ballinger, uh, Jeanette and her husband found the property up for sale, so they bought it back. Now, Finley says her father's spirit is often seen wandering the halls, and it may be the stern spirit that so many investigators and visitors have encountered. There's a lot of reports of a particular spirit that just kind of seems like, I would prefer you not be here. What are you kids doing screwing around my hotel? Yeah, like, like. Like a like a like an old like an old grandpa that just doesn't put up with any crap. Yep. Get off my lawn! Don't make me get the hose. Yeah. I'll do it. Okay, Adam. Let's talk about one of tonight's sponsors. New to the show, Acorn TV. Now, when the cold weather keeps you inside, uh, one of the best ways to kind of mentally escape is, you know, curl up on the couch and get lost in a show. Right. 
And, and nothing feels more transportive when I'm stuck indoors and I'm watching great television from across the pond. Sure. Okay? So, TV from the UK, we don't typically get here unless, you know, you, you've, you've figured out some magic way to get it. <laughs> but great television shows from the UK, you can now get here in the States. And that's why... I have Acorn TV. Right. And Acorn TV is a streaming service that's rooted in British television, like Matt said. And it has a rich catalog of exclusive award-winning series across genres, including mysteries, dramas, comedies, and so much more. And some of them, you know, if, if you grew up like I did, watching TV at your grandparents' house, you will have seen Agatha Christie's Miss Marple. And it just has a nostalgic feeling to me so uh miss marple is on there and you can also watch a a show that i think is really cool it's called rivals of sherlock holmes and these are mysteries that are written by arthur conan doyle's contemporaries in his genre so while arthur conan doyle was getting sherlock holmes famous you know these are some other mysteries around that time that similar to it that i think you'll really like so pretty cool go check out those rivals of sherlock and miss marple on acorn tv if you haven't and if you're a fan of quirky british comedy then the other one is a must watch and it follows two sisters from very different worlds who had no idea the other existed until their father drops dead and there are some downtown abbey fans out there and for you the other one features a hilarious performance from beloved siobhan Fennerin. Plus, you can get thousands of hours of new, refreshing content on Acorn TV at a fraction of the cost compared to most streaming services at just $5.99 a month. Yeah, because I remember growing up watching uh, Benny Hill on public broadcasting. You know, I mean, you know, if if you enjoy that quirky comedy, Acorn TV is a must-have. So escape to Britain and beyond without leaving your seat. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use our promo code GRAVE. That's A-C-O-R-N dot TV using the code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E, to get your first 30 days for free. That's right. Again, go to acorn.tv, A-C-O-R-N.tv, and use our promo code GRAVE, G-R-A-V-E, and you can get your first 30 days for free. Now, she also reports that the spirit of her uncle, Spike, who was also a previous owner, has been spotted by many of the guests. I wonder if that's his given name, like Spike. It could be. That is, yeah. Yeah, it it is a small Texas town. That could be his. Before y'all get angry, I was born and raised in a small Texas town. Calm down. I can make fun of it. But this this next one, this, this is pretty interesting. Jeanette says that the ghosts of two ladies, Margaret and Marjorie, live in the last room on the left on the downstairs floor. Now, one day, Jeanette Real was, quick, sorry. It doesn't, isn't it weird when they say a ghost lives in? I know. Like, they, <laughs> they live in? 
That yeah. feels weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> not not saying you should say they unlive in something, yeah. but it just it seems like a weird turn of phrase. <laughs> Reside. Yeah, that that would be better. Squat. They stay at. They squat yeah. in that room. <laughs> they they are they are living rent free. Yep. But anyway, the the last room on the left is where Margaret and Marjorie uh, hang out most of the time. But one day, Jeanette was working at her flower shop in is it Bastrop, Texas? Is that how you say that? Close yeah. enough. Okay. Yeah, close enough. So she got a call from a woman who wanted to look at the antiques. And Jeanette says the woman called and said, hey, I'm here at the store, but your employee won't let me in. And Jeanette said, employee, I don't have an employee. And the lady said, you don't? Well, I'm looking right at her. She looks like she'd work here with her dated clothes. And so That's Jeanette a mean always thing thought, to say. Yeah, Jeanette always thought that it was possible that she was looking at either Marjorie or Margaret. And other visitors have reported running into people and believing that they were employees and then learning later that there are no other employees. That's weird. So, so, I mean, just that interaction. In fact, one said that they saw somebody in, in the hall that appeared to be working and they just made the assumption that this was somebody working at the hotel. And when they approached them, the, this person just kind of turned and walked into a room as if they were oblivious to somebody approaching them to ask a question. And then when they got to the room, they were gone. Hmm. So yeah, really weird. But, but imagine how, strong an apparition must be for you to believe that it's another human being that's actually working that's a good point yeah i mean you know we're we're, we're, we've talked about apparitions that you know you you don't see the full body or it's very you know cloudy um um, misty or just more or less a shape where you can maybe Mm -hmm. make out some facial features or something like that or, or articles of clothing but not to the extent that you would actually believe that that's a physical person. Right. Solid enough to believe it's somebody. Right. And and even when you do hear something like that, it's usually maybe one or two instances. This mm-hmm. appears to happen all the time. That's now, wild. Jeanette says that she used one of the rooms as her bedroom. And one night she was lying in her bed said she was working on a crossword puzzle when a quote-unquote visitor showed up. And Jeanette says, all of a sudden, I saw a woman in the doorway. Said she comes into the room. She was dressed in a full-length skirt with bubble sleeves uh, 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 with the buttons, I guess. She's describing this, you know, so it, it's dated. It's, right. it's, it's dated right. clothing. Um she said her hair is up in a Gibson style, which I had to look up. I didn't know. Do you know what a Gibson style hair is? The only Gibson thing I know is the guitars or uh, like a electric company. Yeah, so exactly. So, you know, these women would fashion their hair into the shape of a guitar. <laughs>
You know, <laughs> I wish I could have seen Adam's face <laughs> when I see his eyes went, like, what? What? <laughs> no. No, it's not. <laughs> the Gibson style is is that, that hairstyle where you would see where it looked like their hair was pulled up in almost like a wreath around their head. Oh, and they had okay. this little like bun that sat in the middle of it. Yeah. You've seen it. Go watch Gunsmoke or Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman or something. You'll you'll yeah. see it. You'll you'll it, you'll see it for sure. It's like a bunt cake. Yeah, you got it. Um and I don't know why I had to enforce this, but I think it just it just goes to the fact that this was not she didn't mistake an actual person. You know, this person was dated even down to the hairstyle. But again, an apparition, you know, that was so clear that you could actually make out the type of hair right. style that they had. Um, but she said she had on a pinafore and she's got a, a high neck. Uh, I guess blouse with a brooch. Jeanette said she's lying in bed wide awake and she comes in, takes the book from her hand, sets it on the table and pulls the covers up to her chin, then turns off the light. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know. I, so, I mean, that that is a really... It's a really hard story for me to believe, but when you when you listen to the other stories that Jeanette has, and for the length of time that she she owned the hotel, you you just really want to believe because yeah. everything else she does not sound like somebody that's just making this stuff up. Right, yeah, like you said, that that's a hard one to wrap your head around that a spirit would or could actually do that you know and we've i think we've talked about this before the the energy required not just for a full body apparition but for it to actually interact with the physical world right it is so powerful to be able you know we're talking about you know you see the 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 ball roll across the floor and you're like ah that energy that it must it must have to have to utilize to do that. I mean, we're talking about turning off the light, pulling up the covers, taking a book from her hand and putting it on a table. Right. That's that's ridiculous energy. Along with being having enough energy to fully appear. Right. Yeah, you know, that that's crazy. Now Jeanette goes on and says that most of the spirits were not really a problem for her while she owned the hotel, but she recalls one spirit that decided to cause some trouble. Jeanette described this spirit as being aggressive. Now, one time when her granddaughter was staying with her, he pinned her to the bed in a room upstairs. Now, Jeanette went up to that room to check things out, and that's when she noticed him. Said the aggressive spirit didn't physically touch her, but while she was sleeping, he woke her up and took her to a building through a vision. Now, Jeanette describes this vision as she was in a prison where she witnessed a, quote, evil, evil, evil man who laughed and cackled. That's a lot of evils. Yeah. Now, she said she didn't know if he personally experienced that situation, but she says that she knew it was horrible. Wow. Now, after that, Jeanette 
painted the ceiling haint blue and the walls a bright yellow and is that let like, in a lot of sunlight. Is that like, man, that, that haint blue. What color is that? <laughs> it's more purple. Yeah. No, that's an indigo. Ah. No, haint, haint blue is actually a, a real color. Now, I don't know if everybody else had this, but when I was growing up, my grandmother, old Southern grandmother, a spirit like that, a ghost, was a haint. You ever yeah, heard that? No. No. Yeah. So, yeah. To me, haint is a term like for a ghost. So and she painted it ghost blue to try uh, yeah. to help with the ghost. So when I saw that, I was like, you got to be kidding me. But yeah. That's what the actual color is. That's cool. But she said her her sister also did a banishing with sage, uh, which Jeanette said she always had a plentiful supply and she would burn around the house just in case. I would too. But apparently looking into this, Haint Blue is known for chasing away evil spirits and the yellow confuses them because they think they're outside or that the walls are water. So it's another one of these little tricks where you can you can kind of fool the spirit into into not understanding like, exactly where they are, like an old superstition or something. You got it, you got yeah. it, and then eventually they leave. But, maybe um, that that maybe that is the correlation there with haint blue and your grandmother saying haint. Yeah, maybe it actually was something like that way yeah. back when when that color was named. Yeah, exactly. Now, Jeanette says that it's very common in the New Orleans. That place. It's very common in the New Orleans area to find haint blue. And so Mm. we've talked a lot about haunted places in New Orleans and that it's, you know, the whole town is. Oh, yeah. You know, filled with paranormal activity. But apparently that this was a good way to um, maybe avoid having some some evil entity just take up residence at your house or your business. Hmm. Now, other temporary spirits, Jeanette says, that impacted her life were five young spirits who used to stay in the back of the building. Now, Jeanette learned that her uncle, Spike, uh, quote-unquote, ran girls out of the back. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you if you don't know what that term means, remember this place served as a brothel twice. Twice. Okay. Maybe thrice. Yeah, maybe that's... thrice. I have asked you thrice. <laughs> <laughs> now, she thinks that quite possibly, um, when you know, when these older men would visit the hotel back in the late nineteen forties, uh, when her aunt and uncle owned it, um, her uncle had a little side gig. She said her aunt was in a wheelchair and couldn't make it to the back of the building. Now she feels like these spirits are from this this era. Yeah. She says she would see them all the time. And at one point she got really sick and had to go to the hospital. And these girls came with her. Now she said she was in the hospital and a nurse came in and and got on to her and said, it's too late. These girls have got to go. That's too many guests in here anyway. 
Now, Jeanette says that's weird. She knew she didn't have anyone with her, but she also knew that she couldn't explain that to the nurse. Sure. Yeah. Now, she said after that, the girls didn't return to the hotel when she got out of the hospital. And she says she never saw them again, but she believes that they may have gotten familiar with the spirits around the hospital and just got comfortable and decided they weren't going to return. But so, made friends and decided to move. Why not? You know, we've yeah. talked about how, you know, how much activity can go on in these hospitals. Um, but the, I, I like that story, though, that they had somehow attached to Jeanette so much that they actually, you know, went to the hospital with her. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Again, it, stories it, that you don't typically hear. Right. I was going to say, you don't typically hear about. And and maybe it's just her her impression of it that is the the interesting part. But you don't normally hear a story being told about. And well, it attached to me and it followed me here, but then it made friends and <laughs> stayed. And it stuck around. You know, it just it it that's an interesting take on yeah. it. Yeah. So. When Jeanette and her parents originally opened the hotel, they also had a bed and breakfast. Um, they had couples come in all the time, and many of the women heard about the spirits. Now, this was back in the 1980s. So she said the women would believe in the ghosts, but the men didn't. One day, she said a man who had this non-believing mindset came down from his room after spending the night and asked, okay, you got to tell me who was the man standing at the end of the bed. And when Jeanette pulled out her family album and showed it to him, he said, Hey, that's him right there. So, Oh, you know, wow. She said that, uh, the man that the visitor saw was uncle spike and that he's really the only regular spirit from her family. You know, so he, you know, uncle spike's pretty common, pretty common to uh to witness there he's the one that stays around a lot yeah yeah and of course as a former owner he you know he probably would yeah now even even Jeanette's mother was a skeptic at one time she says but she said during christmas time one year after Jeanette's grandmother had passed away they were decorating a christmas tree in the center of what's now the main area of the antique shop she said, we had gone through grandmother's house, and one of the things my grandmother did is she would buy all these dolls and dress them up as angels and hang them in the Christmas tree as ornaments. She says, mom didn't believe in ghosts either until one day she was standing there decorating the tree, and one of the dolls comes straight out, moves slowly around the corner of the tree, gets right in front of her, hovers and then drops to the ground now she says that would how, freak you out how does a doll come from all the way over to one side around the tree to the other side and she yeah, said and then hover hover around <laughs> yeah but she said after that her mother was a believer well oh, yeah yeah why not yeah but she said once that her mom started believing she would she would notice other things. Um, they would hear like children running up and down the hallway. 
giggling, laughing, and then slamming doors. More kid I ghosts. I hate those kids, man. I'm telling you. Dang kids. They raise hell it's when either, they run around in these haunted hotels. Right. It's either kid ghosts or owls. I mean, it's always something. Now, Jeanette says that when it came time for her to sell the property, the spirits weren't very happy. In fact, she said that one spirit named Glenn actively tried to hinder the sale. Jeanette said at the time that whoever took over would need to have a good understanding that any renovations would be met with difficulty. Lights would fall down, plumbing would break, and electricity would go out. She says a prime example of this, Jeanette said she once walked into the kitchen and things started flying off the walls. And she knew that it was her Aunt Helen. The spirit didn't like the color that Jeanette had painted the kitchen, <laughs> so she changed the color and nothing else happened. She's like, I don't like this. This ain't blue. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta paint everything haint blue. <laughs> Hell, you know, if I lived there, we'd we'd all my whole family would like the blue man group or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> just run around. Paint yourself blue, kid. Just it'll be okay. Just <laughs> be blue and they'll they'll leave you alone. The ghosts don't like it. So yeah. <laughs> everything's everything's blue. <laughs> That's the weirdest hotel. The people, the walls, everything <laughs> is blue. Now, as Adam mentioned earlier, the, the current owners are Connie and Dan LaFave. And they've had quite a few experiences of their own, but they actively embrace this haunted nature of the hotel. You know, they, they really encourage paranormal investigations. and I think that's cool. Yeah, I do too. I mean, you know, just, just to kind of go along with everything and say, look, we're, you know, we're investigators. We would love to have a place where we could go and do regular investigations and not a one-shot deal. Yep. Um, and that's what they've done with the hotel. I think I think it's fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's great. But they report that one night they were asleep in the first-floor bedroom when Dan felt a hand massaging his scalp. Now, of course, he thought it was Connie. Sure. But when he saw what it was, he was pretty surprised. He said there was this. It was a mongoose. It was a mongoose. <laughs> <laughs> that would be surprising. Yeah, I would be shocked. <laughs> but if if a mongoose could give you a decent uh, massage, I'm, I might look into getting one. I'd have 10 or 12 of them. Yeah. You know, mongoose probably wouldn't be a bad thing to have in Texas anyway. You know, yeah. no, it, they're good about killing poisonous snakes. Right. You you need to kind of go walking, you know, have your dog on one leash and two mongoose on another leash. <laughs> or have the mongoose riding on the dog with a little cowboy hat. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and look, yeah, it's the mongoose I, guy walking. That's what I always thought that the dog races needed was little like monkeys in jockey mm-hmm. outfits riding them. I don't know. Yep. It, it would make it a lot more interesting <laughs> than just watching some dogs run around a track. But but Dan says when he looked up, there was this woman's face above him looking right down at him. And he says he jumped out of bed and, and the apparition vanished. Now, Dan remembered that the apparition was a woman in black uh, wearing 1800s um, era dress right i see he said she had white and red on her sleeves she had curly black hair and dan says she wasn't transparent at all which we mentioned earlier 
so many people have mentioned seeing a solid apparition. It's crazy how many of those there are in here. I know. Now, he said that she wasn't necessarily scary looking. He's like, she was a real person. And he said, looking back, he thought she kind of looked like a, a brothel woman from that period of time. Right. Brothel woman. That's a good term. Yeah. It's a very gentle term. <laughs> it, it is. Now. He, don't call your wife that. <laughs> no, don't ever do that. As gentle that, as you may not, think it would be. That's not a compliment. <laughs> Come here, brothel woman. Yeah. Hey, brothel woman. Get in here. So and that makes me think of something I got to tell you real quick. Uh, okay. Ashley always tries to get me when we're out in public. She's, she keeps telling me, you got to just call me woman while we're out in public. And I'm like, I'm not going to just say, hey, woman, come here, because do you know how much hell I will catch for doing that? And she's like, well, I'll, I'll stick up for you. I'll tell them it's my name. And why are they getting mad over my name and all that? I'm like. She thinks it'll be hilarious. I think I'm going to get in a lot of trouble if I just say, hey, woman, come here. But <laughs> yeah, it, that's odd. If I have enough to drink at dinner one night, maybe that'll happen. Yeah. But yeah, I think she just wants to see what will happen. <laughs> oh, that is funny. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I, I probably won't either. And, and, and I think Amanda would think it was hilarious, too, but... I, Oh, I'm sure she would. Not my style. <laughs> now, now Dan says that at the end of the first floor hallway, there's a workshop. And he said, women sometimes say they feel very uneasy around that room. He said the workshop is believed to be haunted by a man, possibly the husband of the former owner. So we would probably be looking at uh, Uncle Spike here. Yep. Um, he says, I know the presence of in there doesn't like women going in and and connie said he's he's just a grumpy old fart and <laughs> and i don't let him bother me that was connie that was connie's take on on the fellow that that resides in the workshop that's funny now dan says that once he was leading a tour of about seven women and he took them into the workshop and the spirit got very angry said uh all of a sudden the woman in the front of the group says What's that? Said she saw a head peek out of one of the rooms and then back away. Said as they all talked and watched the door, it happened again. Then a small shadowy figure, which was childlike in size, walked between the two two more rooms. Hmm. Which I thought that that's crazy because Normally, in, in something like that, you'll hear a story where one person saw it and nobody else did. Yeah. They all believed this person. But when everybody looked, there, of course, you know, a, 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 what is it? A watched pot never boils, you know, yeah. kind of like that. It's just not going to happen again. But then it does. It does happen again. And all these witnesses are standing there watching this happen. And why is it more creepy that it peaked around the corner? Like, if it just walked from one room to the other, I would think it was like Fred, the ghost that I had in my old house in Tennessee. Yeah. You know, and it, it's just there. It's just It just is. But when you were telling that story about it, like, peeking around the corner and looking out and ducking back. Yeah. Peeking around, looking out and ducking back. That seems extra creepy. And I don't know if it's because of maybe it holding more intelligence. So it's trying Possibly. to be sneaky. 
you know, or what. But that, that's creepy yeah. to me. But Dan said that experience wasn't over yet. He told him, he said, we, we've got a big one, a cowboy, and his head doesn't clear the doorway. Oh, said, wow. He leaned out of that same doorway that the little boy came out and followed him. And wow. Said we got a big he, one. <laughs> he, so, he said he's so big, he, he, he blotted out the whole hallway. Oh, wow. So, yeah, the, the cowboy is another one that is very commonly witnessed uh, inside the hotel. Now, Dan said at that point he switched on the light and the workshop ghost hurled an object that made a loud noise. One of the women, sa- one of the women fainted and it- several others ran out. And he said only four of them actually stuck around and wanted to finish the tour. Yeah, I mean, that would probably that would probably freak me out a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. But uh, the Lefebvre say that there have been plenty of items thrown across the hotel hallways. So we've talked about a lot of stories from the, you know, two of the previous owners. Um, with well, Like I said, a lot of spirits that, Either either have names or are, retri- are attributed to people that previously owned or lived uh, at the hotel, but here here is a list of of some of just some of the spirits that are active in the old park. Okay, there's Slim. Now Slim is a shadow cowboy who lurks near the steps. He enjoys whistling, and he is one of the most common spirits seen. Now, Jeanette Finley, the previous owner we talked about earlier, described the cowboy as younger, taller than six feet, slim, and wearing a cowboy hat, a handkerchief, and a long coat. He has boots and spurs, and people see him mostly around the lower part of the stairs. She says he's up and down, up and down, and people will even see him from outside. Oh, wow. Then there's Annie. Annie is a brothel woman who lives on the second floor in the traveler's suite. Now, they believe that Annie may have possibly been murdered, and her voice is often heard on EVPs. That's another thing I haven't talked about. There are tons of EVPs that have been collected at this place. and I'm not surprised knowing the other stuff. I I hate talking about specific EVPs because you can't hear it and you know it's like it's like me sitting here going hey doesn't this smell good yeah Eh. yeah but anyway they there are several that seem to be giving intelligent answers and not once or twice you know answering multiple questions appropriately i mean you know that's cool you know i watched several several youtube videos of different groups investigations and all of them included some some series of evps that were collected and and you know we see a lot of these um these investigators they they catch the evps after the fact yeah they're catching them with recorders spirit boxes um actually hearing audible voices while they're asking the questions now that's cool. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's all across the board. Now back to the list of spirits. There's Dennis. Dennis is a blonde-haired child who enjoys just kind of popping up. 
they say he's probably about 11 or 12 years old. He runs around in overalls with one of his overall straps down. Classic. And then, then there's the huge shadow cowboy that we mentioned in, in Dan's story with the tour. Mm-hmm. Now, he seems to be policing the ghost, the ghosts. So he, he kind of makes sure that everybody stays in line, apparently. Hmm. And they said you can see him anywhere. So, you know, he's oh. been reported all over the hotel. Then there's Simon. Now, Simon is a 9 to 11-year-old boy who can be pretty mischievous. Now, Jeanette Finley described him as, uh, well, I'm not going to say what she described him as, but she <laughs> said he's, uh, he's a little bitty short uh, poop. So yep. <laughs> she said he's not even five feet tall, and he wears a cone-shaped hat and a cape as if he thinks he's a wizard. So, You're a like wizardary. Yeah. Like a Dennis the Menace type ghost. Now, um, Jeanette Finley said that um, as an antiquer, she had a lot of old military items that were in display cases. And she said Simon was kind of the protector of the military stuff. Hmm. She said she would know he was around when she would feel the coolness. And because of his height, he was easy to identify. Now, she says, hot air rises with him as well. And one time, Jeanette had to get on to Simon for scaring visitors. Hmm. So then there's Glenn. I mentioned Glenn earlier. Now, Glenn is a man who stands by the downstairs bathroom. Now, according to the former owner, Jeanette Finley, he resides in the closet of one of the rooms, and and he's always around. He's just kind of always the one that you just see kind of hanging around. Right. She said there's a little boy, probably age five, who loves trains, and he stays in the playroom. There is an old woman that wanders the hall, and Kay Seacrest, who was uh, one of the original families, um, and said when she appears... She's wearing the the eighteen hundreds style dress. Yeah. So I mean that's and again that's just a few. That's yeah. That, I'm, I was keeping tally. That was like nine or ten uh-huh. named spirits right there. Not to mention the other ones that you talked. That's about. right. That's right. Now, uh, one interesting story I found was from actor slash paranormal investigator Chad Lindbergh, who was in one of the Fast and Furious movies, I believe. Um, he, uh, he went on an investigation at the old park and discovered that um, he, well, he also discovered this aggressive male spirit on the lower level um, down the hallway in the very back left room that doesn't like the other male presence. Now, this sounds like the spirit that is in the workshop. Yeah. Yep. Now, Chad said that the presence affected him so much that it, it just made him feel bad. And at the end of at the end of the night, and it also threw a light bulb at one of the other investigators that was there with him. Hmm. So, I mean, you know. You got these spirits throwing stuff around. They're taking books out of people's yeah. hands, slamming. I was going to say that—that's multiple things that have been thrown. Now, that's crazy. But unfortunately, as we talked about with Adam's, you know, history, 
so much of the history was lost that we don't have a lot of information that would lead us as to why the old park would be this haunted. Right. You know, nothing like, you know, there's an underground spring, you know, it's, it's, it's built on limestone. There's ley lines that cross through that area. We don't really have that. Now, what it was, what the land was before the town was built there. Exactly. You know, exactly. You know, was it, you know, was there a native American settlement there? Is it a burial ground? You know, was, what was some, was some battle, you know, fought in that area right. where there was a lot of death or was it just kind of the crossroads? I mean, even when you look at Ballinger now, it does appear to be kind of a crossroads, you know, area where a lot of yep. different highways converge into one spot. And, you know, those kind of things, you know, of course, highways are mapped out, but they're usually mapped out because there was already a, a route there. Mm-hmm. And so when you look and see how it connects, you know, San Antonio and San Angelo and, and all these other larger areas, it kind of makes you wonder, was was Ballinger just kind of this, this very common pass-through place from people yep. going from one point to another, which would bring a lot of, uh, a lot of transient individuals, um, that you know may may or may not have had good intentions, right? And crossroads are a, a place we've talked before of that that have a lot of spirit energy, just because they kind of are an in between place. That's right. It's a you it's know a transitional space. Right. So just that simple fact could hold a lot more significance than people are willing to you know, give it. So maybe that's, that's what the thing is, is it, it did. I mean, all those railroads came through there. Mm-hmm. It was a stop for the railroad. So maybe it's just the energy built up from being a transitional spot. Yeah. But I think overall the, you know, we hit on this hard. The biggest thing that surprised me was not just the number of spirits, but these, these fully formed solid apparitions. Yeah, that's wild. And, and and to be that that common and seen that often, we don't really find that anywhere. No. So, um, I, I don't know. The, the old park is, I would say, definitely a, a haunted place. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, we're not going to hear this many stories uh, from so many different people and visitors and guests, and especially two different sets of owners that have so many experiences that, you know, they're, they're all just pulling our legs. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think there's definitely something going on there. Um, and you know, if, if you're, if you're from Texas, like Adam, you know, if, if you've been there, if you know somebody that's been there, hell, if you're from there, let us know. Um, I mean, I'd love to know if you're from Ballinger, Texas, that would be pretty cool. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's cool little town. Um, but if you've ever, uh, had any experience visiting the old park hotel, uh, we'd love to hear about it. So definitely, um, you know, reach out and, and one of the best places to do that is our Facebook group. And it, it, it is growing by leaps and bounds. We get more and more members and I mean, 
It's it is, crazy it is how many. It is the most active Facebook group I belong to. <laughs> yep. And I'll be honest with you, and this has nothing to do with me or Matt. I, you know, Matt and I cannot take credit for this, but it is the nicest place on the internet right now. I mean, that that has everything to do with you guys in the Facebook group. That's right. Being so kind and polite to everybody. And even when you disagree, there's not arguments, there's not fighting and you know, you can civilly disagree, and you don't know how much that means to Matt and I. That's right. That that the little area of the interwebs, the tiny little niche that we've got of the interwebs, can be that nice and a place where Matt and I can go into and go, you know, this is nice. That's right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're not having to really, you know, take care of any trouble. So that that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and I can't thank you guys enough. Yeah, we we really appreciate not not just everybody's attitude, but your 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 welcoming spirit and and the helpfulness that you show and and the stories that you're able to share. I mean, we we love we love having fun and we love to laugh and all the dad jokes, you know, but it's really cool when somebody says, "Hey, this just happened to me yesterday yeah. or last week and I figured this would be a good place to share it." We love that. We, we mm-hmm. love hearing those stories. Um, but you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, like I said, Adam is the chief tweeter, but uh, I'm I'm stepping up my, my tweet game. So, I've noticed you on there more often. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to be a little better with my social media <laughs> presence, people. Uh, yeah, I know I'm, I'm not, but I'm, you know, and Amanda gets on to me. She's like, you need to be more active on your social media. <laughs> I know, I know. And I'm, and I'm trying, eh. I'm trying. Um, but you know, as we always say, please go and rate and review us on, uh, iTunes because that brings us up the chart and I know it makes Adam and I feel good, but what it really does is it makes graveyard tales easier to find and it brings more people into the graveyard. Right. Um, and while you're doing that, you can run over and check out our website. It's graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can find out a little bit more about Adam and myself. You can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. And you can become a patron. And we thank everyone who has donated uh, to keep the show going. Uh, it allows us to produce more and better content for all of our listeners. So, um, So thank you for that. Yes. And Adam, that's all I've got for the old park hotel. Yep. So until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. Now, um, hell, started weird. Uh, I lost <laughs> <laughs>